This episode of the podcast is brought to you by HardcoreHusky.com, covering Washington Huskies football with message boards full of debauchery and childlike wonder. Folks who are well-known in cyberland and not that dumb, except for our little fudgy who is wrong about everything. So come join the gang and register today for free at HardcoreHusky.com. And now it's time for the show. So, Joey, what's the deal with Badaka? <laughs> That's funny because uh, that was the only thing I could I, I, I remember from, from Amway. There was I, I used to live uh, a lot more rural than, than I do now and uh, in between Cedaroli and Alger. And there was uh, there was a big Amway contingent on a like a gravel road. Uh, way up where I used to live in the, you know, in the boonies. And, uh, yeah, there was probably like, I remember there was like three or four families that sold Amway. And, and that was the big thing is like, you can get Banaka from the Amway people. It's like, that's all you, that's all, that's all you buy from the, the Amway people, you know? And, but I saw you post that on that on that thread, and I made the joke about Willie. <laughs> Willie Duke's not with us today because he's, uh, you know, out of commission, we'll yeah. say. And um, and he, um, but I made a joke about him at a, being at an Amway convention in in Linden or whatever. But but when, as soon as you said Banaka, I thought that was brilliant because, like, you know, the nice little detail there fleshes it out better. Plus, I had a flashback to junior high. You know, it was the last time I had banaca, and I could just feel the sting of that banaca hitting the back of the tongue. You know? Oh, it was strong. That was uh, <laughs> that was like the you know the the, the strongest you know hit of uh, minty freshness you'll ever you'll ever get. I don't think I've seen a thing of banaca for twenty something years. Exactly. Yeah, and well, I wonder. If, and speak, I wonder if they figured out that Amway was a big, uh, you know, pyramid scheme. <laughs> People figured that out, or whatever. we'll ask Willie when he gets back. But uh, uh, speaking of minty fresh, <laughs> speaking of minty fresh, how about that Kansas State offense and defense? Oh, Kansas State uh, beats Oklahoma saw... State forty-eight to nothing today. Yeah, I, just I didn't see that, that like, coming. The highlights. I saw the highlights and I had to rewind it. I was like, I was like, what the hell? Uh, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma State looked like a solid team. Their only their only loss, I think, was to TCU. Uh, yeah, it might have been on the in road like overtime too. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It, I think it. I think it was. You know, at TCU, but I'm not. I'm not sure, and I'm not going to look it up for you guys. So, <laughs> and the the Kansas State, the Kansas State quarterback was Jack Plummer esque versus the Huskies. <laughs> so he threw. <laughs> I knew you'd like that. Okay, <laughs> 296 yards and four TDs, and uh, and the running back ran for 158 yards. And we're not here to talk about the Big 12 people. Don't worry, we'll get to the Huskies in a minute. But. Um, 
But there's a couple games I wanted to just mention to to you, Joey, and that was one. I was just stunned by that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I always I I, I kind of like Mike Gundy. Um, yeah, I, I'm, all, I'm always like quite, I'm always quietly rooting for Mike Gundy, you know, because uh, this past July I got to send out the the gift to everybody that I'm a man and I'm 40. So I <laughs> 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 actually had birthday to Wooly Doog. That was a while ago, well, or a couple days. What about Wooly? Days ago. Happy birthday to Wooly Doog. It was a couple days ago. Oh, he said he's mid thirty. So what does that mean? He's thirty-seven, thirty-eight. Uh, I think, I think thirty-seven. Close enough then. Okay. Yeah, yeah, close enough. Um, and then the other, the other interesting game. I know you're obsessed with Oregon, so you're going to mention Oregon sooner or later. But the other game <laughs> I was going to bring up. <laughs> was uh, Utah-Washington State. And it ended up the way that I thought it would, but I thought I thought it was going to be three or four points either way. And, um, and uh, you know, the Cougs are four and four, and they're one and four in the conference, but they're going to give us trouble. Yeah, the Cougs? I, well, yeah. I'm, I'm not I, – I, I, I was kind of with uh, – um, I was kind of with – Hay has been calling them out all year that they're they're not that good and I was I, I've kind of been on his side that Hey know, would call that, out the ninety four uh, you know <laughs> Nebraska yeah, right. yeah 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 oh, they're one dimensional <laughs> they're one dimensional <laughs> that that that, that two thousand and one Miami team they suck necessarily obsessed with Oregon because I, I, I don't I don't get the, the fear factor that players but I, I get what you're saying I'm more I, I'm more obsessed with the just watching the conference and trying to follow the patterns and you know the 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 patterns in the conference are that it's it's like basically a <laughs> it's a clusterfuck at times trying to follow this conference and read what I mean I thought Cal I thought Cal would get blown out today, and I thought it'd be a blowout early. And it kind of, there was like kind of a point where it was looking bad, and then but then they kind of hung in there for a little bit. Um, so did Justin Wilcox save his job today? <laughs> well, well, I that mean, he joke. saved his job. <laughs> well, he, he he signed that extension. Uh, he signed that extension over the over the off season. Uh, no, I know, but, but but when you lose to Colorado be, and you're well, the, so they had they lost to Colorado and you thought like, oh man, the uh, you know the psychology would be on their side. They're, they they get they got to return home. They uh, they know they have uh, some difficult games coming up, and they have to rise up and get one win, you know, just get up for one, one win. And then they, they lose that game that they kind of, you know, they kind of needed last week to the Huskies. 
and I thought like, well, this is this is it. They'll they'll probably be like mailing it in, but but there was kind of some fight in them for a little bit, but um, just too much to too much to overcome, I guess. Especially when your quarterback sucks after playing lights out for one week and sucking the week before. <laughs> But nobody gets up for the Huskies. They're just another game, right? <laughs> well, the the peculiar thing, though, is that other than, like, maybe 2016, we haven't been something formidable that they would have a reason to get up for. So it's just kind of odd. But, uh, like, you use the term greased up when, like, we're, we text on, on Saturdays or whatever, and you'll say, oh, the Cal defense is greased up now or, you know, or whatever. And it's like, or DTR is greased up, or you know, it's just like it's just, it's just it's very strange how all these teams are so fired up to play us. Uh, wasn't it? Uh, wasn't Willie do? Correct me if I'm wrong, but he because he was of, amongst the three of us, he was the only one in attendance at the Arizona game, and he was saying this is really. I think he was saying this is really weird. Arizona's so fired up to play us, and we don't seem to really care. Yeah, yeah, he was there, and then he was at. Uh... He was at the Cal game last week too, so he's been our traveling dude uh, this year. I'll be at I'll be at the Oregon game, but yeah, he said that about Arizona. He he texted me just to me. He said he said it's so weird. Arizona has no business, you know, being fired up about something. And you know, they're they were down. Whenever they went down by. 14 or 17 or something they were down by. And, and he said that they, they oddly have no business jumping around and being fired up and they're fired up. Why? It's like, why? Usually yeah. that's a, you go down by, by a couple touchdowns, you're, you're getting in your little team huddles and you're, you know, desperately going over film, but, but they're like, and you got, extremely and you got that fired one up. guy who, that one guy who's going up and down the bench screaming at everybody. Yeah, 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 and uh, it, it is just, it, it's a, uh, uh, I know I sound probably like I'm whining about it, but, but it, it's my, it's mind-blowing <laughs> as a, com- well, as a competitive person, like, like, I wanted to beat every fucking team, just as bad as the team before when, you know, when I played, you know, when I played football, uh, I mean, and it's not like I'm some great, player i was you know i'm a i'm a fart in the wind in the history of you know high school football but it's it it just was like you know i i wanted to i wanted to beat every i never wanted to lose a game i wanted to beat every team and i and i love of course i wanted to go into i wanted to go into their stadium and you know win you know on somebody else's field more than you know almost more than my own you know so it, it was just like it's mind blowing that you'll have every team. It seems like they get up for this game, and then you watch them the next week, and it's like, where was, where's the fire from last week? How come, how come you're not fired up to play, you know, uh, Stanford or Oregon State or Colorado? What, where's the, you know, Cal? Where, where's the fire to play Colorado? You're only going to score ten points. Yeah, and I think, then on the I think flip that side, game went into overtime, but yeah. 
And what I'm about ready to say, I'm, I might be a little, I don't know if out of line is the way to put it, but inaccurate or whatever, but correct me if I'm wrong. Has there really been a time this year where you've looked at the Washington sideline or the team or the defense and gone, wow, we're fired up? No, not 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 really, and and maybe that that explains a little bit of the uh, you know you, if you notice the defense, it's not like they're all rallying to the whoever's got the ball to not at all to tackle no. them. Well, it, ha- it probably has a lot to do with playing man to man instead of zone. But. Well, you can't really. You can't really rally when you've just given up 17 yards on third and 14. But <laughs> yeah, but but it's like it, on the sacks like we do a bit. But 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 there's uh you know that you know that juice that a team has you know and they're they're all rallying they all look fired up to play and um yeah it doesn't look like it, I mean it, it's probably just your concern about your own team, you're, you're watching them under a microscope. Like, you know, I, I've got this Kentucky Tennessee game on, on mute and I'm kind of watching it. And I don't know, you can look at their sidelines and it's not like the players are jumping around and, you know, throwing shit all over, you know, and getting all <laughs> hyped up and jacked up and whatnot. So, I mean, it could be just watching the team under a microscope, but, I mean, yeah, I don't know, but I, I mean, know, it's enough that when the other team, when our opponents are fired up, it stands out. And so I think we would, uh, conversely, we would notice that if the Huskies were doing that. Um, it's fun to watch t- your team when they're fired up, you know? So, yeah, and uh, it goes without saying. Um, Arizona's ahead of USC 7-3, to three, by the way, but USC is driving. Um. That I I actually uh I actually kinda looked at that game today and I thought, you know, Arizona's gonna be a tough out for USC. You really think so can, and when it's can, all said and done? They can score. <clears throat> Arizona could score. I, USC I don't they're some of the, the great teams in this conference, I think we're gonna or, you know, quote unquote great teams, we're we're gonna look back and we're going to look back on some of their wins and we're going to say, oh, that win doesn't look as good as, you know, we thought it did earlier on in the year. You know? <clears throat> well, I mean, that's a, that's a, our theme so far this year. Yeah. We we, I mean, really, we really haven't had a quality win. No, I mean, it looked like Michigan State and Wisconsin were yes. going to be two good wins and not looking very good. Uh, Wisconsin being for Wazoo, of course, but... Well, I mean, look at look at BYU for Oregon. You know, they went down to uh, they uh, yeah uh, they went down to East Carolina at home yes last night. So I think East well, Carolina is like six and two, but but still, you know, kind of going into Provo and uh, having to play there, and you know, they came out and you know with a win in overtime, so. And I know that USC is a, a good team and much, much improved, but when it's all said and done at the end of this year, I don't think they're going to be looked upon as a great team. I think the only team that might be great, and you'll disagree, but it would be Oregon. Um, I, I don't see anybody in this conference stopping Oregon. But uh, And then they're going to go up against 
somebody in the playoff and get slaughtered and uh, or lose by ten or fourteen or whatever. And but um, that's just the state of uh, West Coast football and the Pac-12 in particular right now. So, right. Um, you know, I mean, can you imagine? Uh, I hope the listeners don't mind this, but I'm just going to look something up real quick here instead of relying on memory <laughs> since I'm a little tired at the well, moment. Um, I. Uh, I- I pulled up. I pulled up Justin Wilcox's head coaching record. Well, I thought you were gonna look up his contract. No, I, <laughs> in terms of no, him but, getting uh, it out and coming, being the next DC. No, he he did. Uh, he um, he did sign a uh, extension through twenty twenty seven. No, he uh, he signed an twenty six and twenty eight. And got a got a uh, six year extension. Twenty six and twenty eight career record, fifteen and twenty five in conference. Got a six year extension. Now he's three and five and uh, overall and one and four in conference this season. Mm. And got an extension. So I don't know, man. <laughs> that's a boy. That's they they keep making the wrong decisions, but yeah, I mean, legit- I mean, look at what Sonny Dykes is doing at TCU, you know, right? Uh, and I always thought they didn't give him enough time. It's not that I thought that Dykes would go somewhere else and turn them into a top five team or whatever, but um, I thought they pulled the plug a little early on him. But I'm looking at the 2008 schedule for the Huskies, and I'm not going to belabor this point because we're diving into hypotheticals here, but if this year's team, which has really had a very, very soft schedule through six and two through eight games, right? Um, yeah. You got at Oregon, which would be a loss. BYU at home, I'm going to say that's a close loss. Someone out there might argue it's a win. Oklahoma Sooners, if we're looking with, at it from this, the 2000... With this team... This year or the 2008 BYU team? That's a good question. So let's, let's, for the sake of this uh, experiment, let's just say it's through the lens of you take this team back, the current Husky team back into time, and they play the 2008 schedule. They lose to Oregon. They lose to – They kill BYU. You know what? I don't don't agree, but I'll give it to you. So let's say they – you're nuts. That 0-12 team uh, lost to them by a point. Yeah, but they had a good team that year, BYU did, if I remember correctly. But I'm not, e- I'm not even going to argue the point. I'll give it to you. Oh, They're 1-1. One, okay. one and one. Then they play Oklahoma. Okay. They lose. They're 1-2. They play Stanford. 2-2. Yeah. Two two. Stanford was not, just, was not that good in 08. Yeah, um... I think their breakout year was 09, if I remember right. But yeah, um, they did beat yeah, USC in 07. Had, uh, they still had uh, Tavita Pritchard, I think might have still been the quarterback in 08, because Luck was 09 when he started. Right, right. So, so. okay, 2-2. Two they traveled to Arizona. They in you know in '08 they lost 48 to 14. They would lose that year. They come home to play Oregon State. I'm going to say let's give the Huskies a win. Agreed. 
Yeah, what was the score in that in that game that year? We lost we lost thirty four to thirteen at home to them. But yeah, you know, I I. I I'm just doing a quick experiment here, a thought experiment, but I don't want to also just be so one-sided that I just go, loss, 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 loss. You know, it's not like that either. But <laughs> there, there is a yeah. point I'm trying to make here. Um, and we play that year's Notre Dame team, we lose. And then at USC, we lose. So right now, we would be 3-5 and five based on that schedule. But we're 6-2 and two with the current soft schedule, you know. And um, yeah. my – so I'm just hoping, as I stated, and I think we all stated in the last podcast, is that we get the bye week. Hopefully we can coach up these uh, defensive backs and uh, even the back seven and just get just get 2% better, you know, 1% better. Yeah, my, my, and, hope, is, uh, my hope is Eddie Ufoscio, you know, plays, uh, you know, 20 to – 25 snaps or something, you know, if, if he comes back on Friday night. You know, he's been, he'd be rusty, him. though, don't you think? Well, that's what I'm saying. 20 to 25 snaps, you know, is not not going to be out there for, you know, three quarters of the game or whatever. So well, I know I'm just talking about his effectiveness, but uh, I know you're looking for something yeah. that could be a positive that we could hang our hat uh, on. A, a, a rusty Ulafosio is probably – better than, you know, <laughs> Cam Bright and uh, Chris Mole or whatever. So. Uh, I like that. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, you, you said you'd written down a couple of things you wanted to discuss, and you want to transition into that right now? Um, yeah, I wrote down that. You know, plumber sucks. I think we got we went over that. You know, and the uh, that's your bullet point. <laughs> the one bullet point. Uh, one plumber sucks. Well, I think that uh, I, I think that uh, Oregon State. I think that's a I think that's a good matchup for. I think it's a better matchup for the defense than uh, you know, say Arizona or you know, it's it's, it's going to be more like a. Uh, like a Stanford type of matchup. Mm-hmm. I don't think uh, I don't think Oregon State's going to hurt you as bad through the air. And you know, when they see that, uh, what my jinxing them? <laughs> what? No, I just, I just, uh, we, we've been talking about how everybody gets greased up for the Huskies. Yeah, and well. uh, Jonathan Smith saw all the babushka comments over the years on our site. You don't think that's gonna, <laughs> that's not going to get transferred to the team? We've we've discussed this the the beavers the beavers and their fans they don't need to uh, like that's understandable the two Oregon teams and the Cougars like understandable you know having a, a you know a rivalry with you know Washington or whatever but uh, <laughs> Arizona State's backup quarterback having like you're looking like uh, fucking. <laughs> Johnny Johnny Unitas against against the Huskies makes zero sense. I mean, <laughs> but making zero sense makes all the sense. You know that that kind of that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah. What, what was I saying? Oh, Oregon State being a yeah. I don't. Uh, they they're not sure if you know that Chance Nolan's going to play or whatever. And I don't 
I don't, I don't see him being like a, like a huge, a huge threat, even though, uh, well, they kind of had some weird, you know, backup receivers making plays for him last year that had no business making plays. No, I'll splice up the, your, your comment just there and I'll save it for next week. And then we can play it with <laughs> Nolan with the sports yeah, right. out of the game. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, and then that, uh, that, that Jack, uh, that, that Jack Coletto for his, you know, his wild beef offense. And, and I don't think they, I don't think they ever pass. I, I don't even think, I think I may have seen one handoff he's done all year out of that, you know, out of the, Wildcat formation, it's like you know, and even the announcers are now like, "Hey, you know, he's getting the ball. How, how do you not, how do you not stop it? You know, and for for some reason, it's it's you know, it's these it's these uh, mysterious things that happened in the Pac-12. You know, where you know announcers would say like, "Well, Jimmy Jimmy Lake has had no problems." you know, stopping Mike Leach's offense, you know, how, how come no other team is, how come no other team has followed that blueprint? And you're kind of going, yeah, how come no other team has followed that blueprint? You know, and I, there's just some things that uh, there's, you know, 99% of the time, the, you know, the coaches are smarter than, you know, us losers sitting here doing a podcast on our couches. But, you know, there is that, that one small percentage where, where you're kind of going, you know, I I think I know more than what the coach knows right now. You know, <laughs> I I think I, I'm not getting I'm not getting stubborn. You know, he's getting stubborn in his you know his little uh, his schemes or whatever. And yeah, well, I mean one random one random comment I'll make, and this is almost becoming a tradition at Washington. It's it's certainly not the case this year. But it was last year uh, with uh, John Donovan and the uh, being the offensive coordinator, and you go all the way back to like '07 when Lapano was our offensive coordinator, and the Huskies had this obsession with running up the middle on first down. You remember? Yeah. And it was like there was even one time that uh, I Dog was uh, recounting this on one of the old um, Husky Half Brain podcasts. He, he was talking about how he's listening to KJR, and, and uh, a caller called in and said, why are we always running up the middle and this and that? And Humillon said, well, I don't think that we're always running up the middle. It might seem that way. And then he said, but let's go to the, uh, you know, go to the geek machine here and check out. And he goes, da, 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 da. oh, my God, you know, 13 out of 15 first downs, Huskies ran up the middle last week, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, and then, it, of course, the, and then what drove me crazy last year was that it would always be with our our 130 pound running back that was actually a good athlete, but I forgot his name. But McGrew, um, McGrew, it would always be up the middle with him into blockers that couldn't open any holes, and uh, and and we wouldn't go outside with him. And I just never, I don't want to re- rehash all that, but. <laughs> You go, no, no, I, just, I just had a random, <laughs> I just had a random memory uh, of uh, watching the uh, 2007 the uh, the Ohio State game. It was a home game. Pretty sure, yeah, I right? remember it. it remember it pretty well. 
Remember they uh, remember they ran uh, Paul Homer twice on a fullback dive. I think we were in we were in Ohio State territory and and they uh, ran Paul Homer on a on a third and three on a fullback dive. He got two yards and it was fourth and one and they ran the same exact play and they got. I think stopped. I remember that. Yeah. Nah, maybe and maybe they people were booing. Field goal, but yeah, people were booing and and then uh, the explanation was. Uh, the explanation, like, post-game or, you know, maybe Monday press conference, the explanation was uh, was miscommunication. And and I remember I remember just thinking, like, God, you are, you are, you are one fucking, you know, asshat to just throw it out as miscommunication. Like, why, you, you know, you couldn't just say, like, yeah, we you know we kind of thought we'd catch him off guard, you know, by calling the same play twice in a row. Right. You know? <laughs> it's just the way it's just the way Ty said, you know, oh, miscommunication. Like, like yeah, fuck you, you know, like the way, the way he would the way he would say things, you know, like you know, it's it was it's a little nitpicky, you know, for you know on me because I you know I mean if if Kalen DeBoer would have said like ah just bad miscommunication or something, you know, we'd probably be like, ah, you know, okay, whatever. But it was just Ty and the way he said it, like, like, fuck you. You you probably (laughs) did. You probably never even bothered to ask Lapano why he made that play call, you know? (laughs) Well, that that whole season that you could just almost you could write a book about it. <laughs> but, well, I, uh, I mean that was oh oh seven, but yeah, even oh seven you could you could write a whole book about that season. But you know, well but that that was that was my joke. Is that so much of my book was yeah. around the oh seven yeah. season, but and oh eight, but um, right. But I yeah. mean that Ohio State game because I remember I interviewed Tim Meamber the the very next day. And he talked about how he was standing with Lambo in the back of the end zone so he could look right into the gaps and see what we were doing. And he said he he said he just broke down what he was looking at. He said our our players have no idea, our linebackers have no idea what they're doing out there. And then I, I quoted him and then and then it ended up being a thing on KJR and uh Tormy was really upset with me and um and there was a and a big big shitstorm on Dogman about that and oh that's right and the tie ended up banning Meamber from the sidelines and from practices that's right um, yeah he he uh, I think his quote was you know they're the linebackers are just bailing out and they're not watching they're not even they're not watching the guards or something like that you know a, gu- that's a guard right. would be Val, pulling that's a great or, memory Joey that's or, right or, or or down blocking you know and uh, yeah, they they they're not even like he's screaming and he's running to the sidelines. He's trying. I guess he was trying to yell, you know, at the at the coaches and. <laughs> that, like he now, didn't tell me that, or that, if he did, I don't remember. But I well, I remember reading it. Maybe it was on Dogman too. Like somebody was, somebody was saying, yeah, Timmy Amber got banned from the sideline, and you know. <laughs> well. And then, and then all of a sudden, uh, if you remember, I don't remember the timeline. If it was a week later, or if it was three weeks later, 
um, then all of a sudden one of the uh, you know mainstream sports journalists came out with an article that referred to that situation, and then they started touching upon his homelessness and everything. And it's like, well, yeah, that was like a year or two ago, but but yeah, the, the a year or two ago. About, no, 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 no. Yeah, that it happened, huh? Uh, talking they, about him living in in a van in Arlington, right? Well, no, 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 because there there was an article a couple of years ago, but this was also this has been an ongoing. He struggled for a long time, right? Um, right. And and so, but what I'm saying is, is that it. It was almost political in terms of like a Democrat slash Republican type of thing with a hit piece or whatever um, yeah. to try to discredit him because what he had said had undermined oh. a lot of confidence. So you got to understand, at that time, I was spending a lot of time uh, with Herb Mead, the old booster, and I was uh, trying to help him, uh, or I was helping him, ghostwrite uh, a book. Uh, which which never <laughs> never got published, but um, but anyway, so I would spend Sunday mornings. We would meet at his uh, Bellevue office every Sunday morning, uh, and during those football seasons. And uh, one morning, the, the very next morning after the Ohio State game, Timmy Amber came through the door, and we were all sitting around um, talking about what an abomination it was to say. Because if you remember, the Huskies were down like. No, though I think the Husky, I think the Huskies were ahead by a field goal or something at halftime with Ohio State, and Dick Baird was going on and on about what a great thing that was, and he was excusing was away the fact that Ohio State blew us out in the second half, and it was still like a I think we lost by three touchdowns or something, but um, but he was trying to play that up as a victory, and God bless him, that's what he does. But uh, but anyways, uh, so then I Tim was going off and on that, and then I thought, you know what, that might make an interesting article. And then I interviewed him. I think that night, and then the piece came out, and um, so uh, what was that? Was I going to make some other point? Well, uh, so, oh, so the yeah, because yeah, on those Tim- Sunday mornings, then Herb would sometimes pick up the phone and call up. He tracked down Tim Lapano to find out what the hell is going on. <laughs> so, so that, that was uh, that was a fun time in my life in that regard. But despite um, the zero and twelve, and zero and four and four and nine, and what were you going to say though? Uh, yeah, I, the um, um, yeah, the one that came out like a year or two ago about about Tim Meamber. Uh, yeah. It, you know, he lives in a van in Arlington. I I I used to see him all the time. I had no idea who he was. Oh, interesting. I, I used to work in Arlington a lot, you know, a few years ago. And yeah, I used to see there there's there's probably three or four guys that, you know, live in vans um that I would see a lot. And uh yeah, I uh I had no idea, you know. I had no idea. Meamber was it was him. Meamber was homeless even at times, even back in the late nineties. So, yeah. Well, he, I mean, and he had he had some drug issues and yeah. And uh, you you're probably because I'm a bit older than you. You probably don't remember him as a player, right? No, no, I no that that like eighty four. I mean, I was two. You know, on that '84 team or mm. whatever. So, okay. You know. Yeah, and I was I was 13. Okay. 
Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Jim, Jimmy Rogers once described him as playing like he had just stepped out of the woods. <laughs> and that that's how he was. He was an animal. So, yeah. I mean, that that team does, uh, doesn't get talked about a lot. I, one of one of Willie Duke's uncles, his his favorite player of all time, I think, was Joe Kelly. Uh, oh so, yeah, but we get a lot of we get a lot of Joe Kelly talk, you know, around <laughs> around, around the Thanksgiving table, you know. And, the guy that and, I uh, met when I was up there was that that was that Wooly's dog or was his dog? <laughs> was that his dad? I'm tired. You have to excuse that was me. There. His dad. Was that his dad or was that his uncle? Uh, well, for sure met his dad. The guy that. When the boat was coming to the dock, and then I think Willie turned to me and said, "Get ready to have your ear talked off. He's going to want to talk about your Willingham book." Uh, that that had to have been his dad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. His, his dad loves that book. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, and talk my ear off. He did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he, he seemed like a solid guy. So, oh, you for, for sure, yeah. It, it's yeah, Husky. It, you, it's hard to go. Uh, you know, you know, five five of us get together. It's hard to go. You know, it's hard to go a minute and a half without the Huskies being brought up. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I mentioned her beat a second ago, and and he and I would, it, I would try to keep us focused on the book which for him was like a personal memoir that he wanted to help to give his business advice to young people was, was the main thrust of it. But there was a lot of stories from his life and we would talk for a few minutes and then something would happen. And the next thing you know, we're talking about the Huskies <laughs> and and it, it kept going like that. And then he would say, you know what, you know what Johnson, our problem is, is that you and I get together and we're like a couple of alcoholics when we talk about the dogs. Like, yep, yep, <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> Pretty much. So uh, USC's up of Arizona seventeen ten. And were you were you going to say something else in that vein? Uh, about uh, just the old the old talking uh, husky football or whatever. Yeah, because I launched, I, I jumped in with my uh, Herb Mead story there. So ah, uh, no, 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 just uh, yeah, that's that's the that's the hot topic. It, you know, I, I get yeah, get get around my get around my old man. It, it, it's talking about the Seahawks all the time and 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 barbecuing food, and then you get with the uh, Wooly Dukes family. It's uh, yeah, it's Husky football and. Uh, don't don't ever make mixed fruit pies. What one fruit to a pie? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, you know, old 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 men like like we're all a bunch of old men. We just we got we got to have one one thing to complain about that makes no sense. You know. You know. <laughs> well. Well, let's let's now consult back to uh, Joey's bullet uh, list. Let's see here. One plumber sucks. Number two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so there was two games. Two games I was watching. Uh, 
two games I was flipping back and forth. Uh, um, besides the Oregon Cal game, I was uh, doing a little uh, Georgia Florida and then Iowa Northwestern, and then okay, George. I go to Georgia Florida first, and there's a there's a kind of a well, you can call it more of a like a like a swing pass, but but like a wide kind of like a wide receiver screen or whatever that uh, that uh, Brock Bowers was, uh, um, you know, he was the intended target. So a Florida mm-hmm. guy, Florida guy, like it, it, it's pretty much like it's clear he he kind of launches up, and you know it, it was a. It was like technically a targeting call. Doesn't get flagged. Uh, play doesn't get stopped. Um, doesn't take, you know, just they just kept playing, right? And uh, mm-hmm. no, Georgia coaches aren't they? They're not looking like they're not looking like freaked out or pissed off about it. Well, they had a twenty. I think it was a twenty-one to three or twenty-eight to three lead at that point. But they, they just don't, you know, just didn't matter, at, you know, mm-hmm. to them or whatever. So they they don't even stop play. Just play is just just moving on. We're moving on. And then I flip it over to Iowa Northwestern, and there was a uh, fuck. I man was it Iowa Iowa hit. Uh, I think it was an Iowa guy hit a Northwestern guy, and it was high, and it was with his shoulder, you know, on his chest, and and uh, and it was like a good, it was like a good clean hit. But I, but I thought if that was a Pac-12, they'd mm. just immediately throw a flag. They'd waste, we we'd get five or ten minutes of our time wasted off, you know, or fifteen those clean hit. <laughs> and I'm thinking this is. You know, flow of the game is a, is another uh, is another issue with the with the conference and its officiating. There's just no no flow of the game. Like if it if it's not a targeting immediately, I don't want the game to be stopped. And and every time I watch a Big Ten or an SEC game or you know a Big Twelve game, I feel like I never see I never see a, a stop for targeting. I, I never see it. Like it's never like you, you know, know what? After That's a great play. point. I it's agree. It's never like after the play. Like there, we're you know, uh, the play previous play is under further review for possible targeting. You know, and it's and it's like I, I only see that in in our conference, and and they're only and, and also the uh, every time there's uh, the quarterback, you know, gets flushed from the pocket and then throws it out of bounds, and the ref has to go. There's no foul for uh, intentional grounding. The quarterback was outside of the pocket. And it's like, I, I know. We know that. <laughs> you don't need to tell me that. It, who do you think is watching the game? The, yeah. It's just these little, this little stupid quirks that the, the conference does. And, and they, they, you know, they're making a big deal about um, Alabama had I don't know, like 16 or 18 penalties or something against Tennessee, and Tennessee had had you know 10 to 12 or something. It was like you know there was like 30 penalties or something in the game, and 
but did that game ever feel like, you know, there was there was a major break in the flow of the game? It was like they throw a flag, holding on number thirteen, ten yard penalty, first down, and then like right away they're you know they're snapping the ball. It's just it's just a shitty flow to every Pac-12 game. You know, I, I think, um, as I said on the boards like a week or so ago, is that I've kind of, as I've gotten a little bit older, I've I've lost patience to watch baseball. And I didn't used to be that way, but now I've become that way. And that's how the Pac-12 can feel to me sometimes. And you can just watch a random game, whatever, Utah versus Oregon State or something. And inevitably and invariably, you're going to have these these situations where they have to go to the review or whatever to over something that everybody can just clearly see is it's either targeting or it's not. It's and then it, this big delay that just kind of sucks all the energy right out of the. I'm hearing my voice come back, but but it, it sucks all the energy out of the stadium and, and out of you as a viewer. So yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's but it's but it's, it's particular a, to the Pac-12. So it's always a penalty on like a. It, I, I'd want I'd want to know like the the ratio of penalties on on third downs per conference. You know, it's. I mean, it just seems like hmm. there's you know, some penalty on there's a penalty on a third down. You know, they you can go clean, clean first and second down, and then then all of a sudden there's you know there's a. Uh, like an offensive holding call on a you know a third down where you you desperately needed the first down you got it and then there's a holding call you know yeah. or, or there's a there's a pass interference you know and and it's I, I'm not just complaining about the Huskies I'm complaining about every team it seems like every time I watch every time I watch a Pac-12 game like well there's a blatant face mask that just happened in the USC game you know but and it was on a second and ten but. I mean, they should be getting that those all the time. But, uh, anyways, it just it's like, you know, there's a there's a, a the ratio of third down penalties has got to be got to be pretty bad. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how you'd ever measure you know measure that or if somebody's got some kind of stat on that. But, I mean, it's got to be pretty heavy. Well, who has Wilner, the, the, the time, the energy, and the bipolar motivation to do that on our boards? I can think of five, maybe six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most, most everybody would just put their two hands and <laughs> like, like fuck you, taking too much time. <laughs> that kind of shit. Hey, hey, Wooly, do you have anything to add? You haven't said anything in 45 minutes or so. Wooly? Oh, that's Hello? right. He's not with us today. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I do that, what happened? Half the time he hung up 10 minutes ago <laughs> to go throw up or whatever. And then... <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, the yeah. other half of the time, he was just on mute, mute, mute because his dog was barking or whatever. But yeah, he's stuck in traffic or something. <laughs> and in the interim, Coach Bowl, Arizona State up on Colorado, fourteen to three. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's a that that loss to Arizona State, I mean Ugh. man. My God. Oh, but look at this. The Bor Borgat or whatever his name is. He's yeah. he's he's eight out of eight for 124 yards and a touchdown so far. So at least he's not two out of sixteen with three picks or something like that. Well, I mean they lost fifteen to fourteen to Stanford last week. No, I, mean, I know. Yeah. I'm just trying to say we we have an opinion that like we're kind of cursed somehow. <laughs> well, know? actually. Actually, that Emory Jones or whatever play, he he played against Stanford last week. The you know oh, the guy that got hurt. Yeah, he played against Stanford. So now now they've got the uh, yeah now they've got the uh, bourgeois guy or bougie Borgi. Borgi Borgay whatever Borgay. The guy that's prepared his whole life to be a walk on and then beat Washington. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you remember that article, yeah. right? Yeah, but he, he, yeah. Well, he didn't say prepare to beat Washington, but yeah. No, that's very funny, but yeah, preparing for this yeah. moment his whole life. Yeah, like, yeah. It's kind uh, of like of the old, the old, the old race banded joke about uh, Rich Brooks' seventeen-year plan to lose the Rose Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> not not much different than uh Kyle Whittingham's, you know, ten year ten year plan to lose the <laughs> Oh boy. You wanna take some questions as we start to head down the home stretch? Sure. So uh actually I clicked away from that page, so let me go back to Hardcore Husky. I didn't actually put up an official thing, but somebody was asking about the pod, and you responded, and I responded, and then uh, there aren't a lot of questions, but some people started chiming in. Um, oh, by the way, I need to ask you, uh, when someone was asking, uh, Sonny Shackelford was asking if we were going to have a bi-week podcast, and you said you posted that thing where it says, as you wish, with a guy tumbling down the hill. Yeah, well, uh, I don't get Bride. the reference. Huh? Princess Bride. You oh, I don't remember that, that scene. Oh, yeah. I mean, joking. Well, I figured if I if I got any of the other gifts where he says, you know, it's like he's almost asking for a podcast, and I said, as you wish, you know. So I just don't remember that scene at all. Well, that's the scene where the big reveal to uh, Princess Buttercup, you know, that he was Wesley and, you know, not the, you know, he's not just the Dread Pirate Roberts. He, you know, she pushes him down the hill, you know, <laughs> and uh, I forget what she says to him. You know, she's, you know, I wish, uh, I wish you just, uh, I don't know, rotten hell or something. She says something to him and he, you know, pushes him and then he's rolling down the hill and he says, as you wish, because. That was his tagline as you know Wesley, their you know their their gopher on the farm or whatever, you know. So she knew it was him but at they, that point. Well, last year I don't even remember what it was, but you made a brilliant reference to that movie relating to hardcore or relating to the Huskies. Um, yeah, Vazzini. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, yeah, that um, was, uh, I think that was uh, Don, oh, Donovan right. Donovan running up the yes. middle. <laughs> yes! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I don't even remember how it was, but it was like, you think I'm, you know, you, you, you do it. Do you remember it? Oh, yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Well, you think we're going to run up the middle. <laughs> but maybe we're not going to run up the middle. But see, but see that's where you're wrong. <laughs> I can't I can't think of I can't think of the scene right now. <laughs> no, you, you you hit it good enough. That's that's that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, but so let's see here. Then, uh, then, then John Donovan, you know, he he falls over, and uh, after a failed run up the middle, and you know, the other defensive coordinator says, you know, I've been building up my tolerance to alkane powder and and the run up the middle <laughs> you know, my, my whole life. <laughs> and you know what's so sad about that whole thing? And I don't mean the podcast, but uh, everything we were worried about when he got hired, it all came true, and then some. <laughs> yep. Yep, there was there there was no aspect of that where like oh you know what you got to give him credit here no yeah okay Canadog says share your thoughts on the defensive staff we kind of already did that last week though but says what do they need to do wait excuse me what do they need to show the rest of this year to save their jobs time for quad two point oh no um uh, I I don't think. I don't think they're going to I don't think they're going to can him after year 1. I I mean I'd be I'd be shocked you know if they if they made some major move, you know, because of you know, you're already you're, you're already buying out the last staff or whatever and then you're you know, you're buying you're going to buy out a you know, a few other guys like I I just I don't think it's I don't think it's happening. I think they're going to have to go you know, figure out a different scheme, but uh, yeah, I and think revenues are of, down. I'm sure. So I think it kind of ties into. Uh, I'm looking at the knowledge's question right below it. Um, you know about the staff mm-hmm, taking mm-hmm. over. Yeah, and then uh, we we kind of talked about that when we were talking about Inge because we had thought it was just going to be Inge calling plays. Right. And then, then it became clear that, you know, it was a code morale. thing, and now it's looking like it's more of a morale call in plays. You know, and uh, I think End was the one that made the big jump because morale was just coaching safeties at Fresno. I don't think he had any, any other initial title. I think he was just the safety coach because I think, I think that J.D. Williams was maybe had the label of passing game coordinator last year. Um. So I think Morell Morell getting you know kind of this big promotion was um you know a little little out of the blue. Uh, I think we had all thought it it was going to be Inge and and Inge basically working his way up from bad you know bad defenses he had and not getting better over the years and all all of a sudden but I mean all of a sudden he popped. You know, for one season, you know, and you know, maybe yeah. you can think like, hey, you know, maybe he, maybe he saw the light after, you know, 
seven or eight years of calling plays, maybe he finally, you know, light kind of came on or something, you know. Um, but just like last week, we briefly were talking about the Derek, whoever, I can't remember his last name, but the current defensive coordinator for San Jose State. And then after him. we podcast, yeah, and then after we potted about it, then somebody on the boards uh, when it did a deep dive and then he had bad defenses for the previous five years or something, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we're looking for silver well, linings, you know. Yeah, I mean, it could be, you know, it could be something of like, uh, you know, he, uh, I don't know, he had, he had a he had a bunch of talent for he's got he's got talent for one year this year, or you know, or like a light bulb went on, or you know, he he finally got it figured out, you know, maybe mm-hmm. maybe in maybe in you know to to quote. Hard, any hardcore Husky legend, maybe he finally got his guys in there, you know, last year, and, <laughs> and look what happened, you know. But, I mean, it was – well, it was only a second year in the program, I think, you know, Fresno. But, but yeah, I mean, it, you know. It's, but it's oh, we always also say it's it, it always ends up uh, – it, it always goes back to whoever's the head coach, too, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and he's going to have to – you know, hopefully, you know, he had thir- he had, he's got 13 days in this bye week to, uh, you know, fig- you know, they've got 13 days to to maybe install, you know, yeah, install a couple <laughs> different schemes and and uh, you know, um, yeah, I mean they're playing, God, they're playing like a ridiculous amount of man to man. I, you know, for for any football mm. savvy dude that wants to go go watch, you know, the the all 22s or something, figure out how many plays they've actually played in zone and what they're, you know, what the defense has done on, on those zone plays, you know, as opposed to man-to-man, you know, that I'd love to know that. And so let's see, you did reference uh, the knowledge in his question and his, the thing he was talking about was that, this current defensive staff took over a Fresno defense that gave up 30 points the year a game the year before they arrived, and in year one they did not improve, but in year two something clicked and they got it down to 20 points a game, and so the knowledge is basically looking to us for affirmation that <laughs> the defense is going to get 10 points a game better next year. And uh, what does he say? Do you think he will give play calling to Inge as he was the play caller at Fresno? Well, I guess that's what you were just talking about too. But um, yeah. you know, I, I you know, I don't even know that any, either of us. Inge, we're just speculating. Maybe so um, something. Maybe maybe Inge I'm sorry. Is, you know, maybe Inge is doing a little play calling, and you know, we don't know. We're just we're just under the assumption that. I, I've heard nothing. I've heard nothing other than you know Morell was Morell was has been the play caller, the chief play caller. So, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Inge is on the sideline, um, and Morell is up in the booth, you know, with Grub. So, I've got, yeah, I've got no nothing. I, I mean, if Grubbs up there calling plays, then I'm, I'm assuming Morell's calling plays. But I mean, who the hell knows? So let's just kind of look at this retrospectively for just a moment. Like you think back to when Willingham was our coach, 
and you always gave a he always gave the impression when things were going wrong that he didn't really give a shit, but underneath it, it was probably just based on the fact he didn't know what to do. And then you look right. at Sark, and Sark was always worried most about appearances and spin. And then with Pete, Pete would drive us crazy, Chris Peterson, because if something was not going right, especially on offense, he would just seem to double down on it instead of uh, looking to make the big change. And that was always a strange deal. But with DeBoer, the sense I get, and I'm almost positive you'll agree, you get a sense that he's very competitive and he doesn't like what he's seeing and he's humble enough that he has no problem making a change if he sees, uh, if he can see what to do. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 there's sometimes I look on DeBoer's face and, and, you know, I can tell there's, there's some kind of, uh, you know, like dread on his face, like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, this is where the big boys play and, and I may have to make some, some sweeping changes or something, you know, I may have to make some big decisions. Yeah. That's a little presumptuous to think, don't you think? (laughs) That you're reading that much into it? Well, I just, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to figure, you know, just figure stuff out. I I don't know what his demeanor was on a Fresno State team, but, you know, it's like. Well, he's on the sideline going, wow, the lights are a lot brighter here. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) He probably doesn't. He probably doesn't care, but it. But it is like. It, it is like a little more. Uh, I mean, it, it'd be a little more you know, stressful, you know. Um, you know, coaching at Washington than than at Fresno State, you know, and and. Uh, yes, but also, our media is so soft on him, though. And yeah, it, you yeah. know, it's just. Yeah, incredibly soft on him. I mean, it. You know, it's the the other. Uh, you know, the the probably what drove Chris Peterson nuts is like, you know, hey, you can't, you can't have, uh, you know, Chris Strasser recruiting for you in this conference, you know, and Peterson's, you know, just like being stubborn about it. And who was the Brent Pease or whatever? You know, it was like it was obvious mm. he couldn't fucking recruit. Mm-hmm. You know, and and. Uh, you know, Peterson was just kind of stuck in his ways, and you know, he should have known Brent Pease couldn't recruit for you know, you know, initially, but he hired him anyways. So, good old Peterson. Yeah, good old Peterson. You know, but hopefully, DeBoer DeBoer figures figures out these, you know, these these little things early. But you kind of have to you have to deal with in a bigger conference. And one thing I'll say, uh, because, any, <laughs> you know, mo- the vast majority of the people on Hardcore Husky do not like Kim Grinnell's a dog, man. And that was very evident this week with the uh, video of him getting hit in the noggin and tumbling backwards like a, like a scarecrow in the wind or whatever. But um, did anybody post when- that? You know what? I'm not sure, but I'm going to look into it. If they haven't, I'm going to get on that because it really should be posted. Um. (laughs) 
Yeah, multiple thre- multiple threads spawning up out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, that was quite the deal. But but I want to give him credit actually on one thing, and then even though it was um, that. I think it's safe to say that Peterson had kind of a cold uh, response to uh, to them, to the Dogman gang, when he first arrived. Um, and you could tell by the fact that, the, you know, there were I – I don't go to Dogman, but um, people post things yeah. on the boards and talk about Did stuff or whatever. Did have anything to do with a jacket? Well, that was one of them. <laughs> he left the jacket in Sark's office, right? Or was it Sarks or was it Peterson's? Um, I think it was Peterson. It was Peterson. But <laughs> uh, I don't even remember the origins of that now. But uh, what was my point? I was going to make here that uh, Kim he does the, deserve. He pulled the Costanza leave behind with the uh, uh, the stable <laughs> hat. <laughs> uh, I know, but I don't know how much in reality that was based and what where that joke originated from is what yeah, I'm saying. I, I don't know. remember. <laughs> the point of I'm, I'm trying to actually give him some credit here though because he was roundly uh, ridiculed. Kim was on our boards when Peterson was first hired, and Peterson said, you know, uh, or not Peterson, excuse me. Kim said that Peterson needs to realize he's not in the uh, the old conference anymore. He's in the Pac-12. And this is where the big boys uh, recruit and everything. And we, he was, I don't, don't know, I don't know if I mocked him, but he was roundly ridiculed, and and there was truth to what he said. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, you know, it, it's not the, I don't know. We just like joke around about it and a little, you know, self-deprecating on on the conference. But yeah, it's not the Mountain West. I mean, you know. Well, you know, just, just watch, now, just watch but... whoever Colorado State plays tonight, and you know, I mean, <laughs> even as much as we, you know, we joke around about, you know, like an Arizona, you know, Arizona crowd or a, you know, a Colorado crowd or something like that. It's, you know, yeah, but here's the deal: far more entertaining than you know than a than a game in uh, a game in Colorado Springs, you know. No, I hear you. But I mean, the Pac-12 in 2013 was much stronger than it is in 2022. So, sure, um, yeah, it, we've we've atrophied badly. And Larry Scott led the way, and and the chancellors around the league, around the conference, were uh, largely to blame for letting that fester and, and stick around. And um, but it is what it is. So, final question of the night: Sonny Shackelford. How is it possible that both maple bars and chocolate bars taste delicious, but chocolate drizzled on a maple bar tastes like shit? That sounds like a Jerry Seinfeld thing, but let he's, me think. He's got a he's got a point. I wouldn't say it tastes yes, like he does. shit, but but definitely not definitely not good. They don't blend together. I, uh, it would be I'd an overkill. Rank it, I'd, I'd definitely rank it maple bar one. You know the 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 chocolate. Um, I mean, you can go to some places, call it a long john or whatever, but, uh, you know, the, go, the chocolate too. And then the, uh, the drizzle, like, you know, a, a way distant third. I don't know. Have you ever had the maple bar with bacon on it? No, I've heard about it, but that's, that, I w- that's not something I'd go near. 
That it's, sounds it's terrible. Funny. I I never I, I never thought you know I I just uh, I I had one one morning. Uh, someone made one for me, and uh, yeah, I had to sit there and, and sit there and chew on it for a minute, and I, I was like, like nothing about this should work, but yet I'm enjoying it. You know, it was kind of one of those mm. things, you know, or you, you're, I mean, the sweet and the the salty and the sweet, you know, the, uh, that is, you know, that, that does go together, you know, the, the sweet and salty mm-hmm. kind of deal, but, but yeah, you're still, you're th- looking at it as like a, you know, a dessert, uh, you know, dessert with, with bacon doesn't sound, it, it just doesn't sound right. And then you eat it and you're, you're like, you know, this is, this is actually pretty, very enjoyable for, you know, I've mm. got my coffee and a, and a maple bar with bacon on it. And, you know, was that, there was actually something very, very, very enjoyable about it. You know, uh, back in my 20s and early 30s, I used to go to Montreal once or twice a year. And there was a, a, a friend of mine that was from Montreal and he lived in Seattle for three or four years. And then he moved back home. And, and that's that's uh, how I met him. And so I go up there and visit him. And I went in there, and I flew into Dorval, and I uh, took the red eye, purple vase. Um, uh, so purple vase, and I have a red eye, red eye flight joke that nobody else is going to understand. And he's shaking his head right now, I'm sure, as he's listening to this. But, um, but I flew into Dorval. Uh, and, you know, I got there at like one o'clock in the morning. My buddy picks me up at the airport, and. Um, we go to get something to eat, and we go to a uh, we go to a, it was a Burger King. It was either a Burger King or a McDonald's in Montreal. So it's like two in the morning, and we uh, we go up to the counter, and then he says to me that oh, there's something you need to try, and I was like oh, what's that? And he said uh, oh, poutine. You got to try some poutine, and I was like what was that? He goes just just trust me and try it. So I ordered whatever I ordered plus the the poutine and you know what poutine is right? Yeah. And uh, so yeah, fries slathered with uh, gravy and bacon bits and all this kind of thing. Sure. And then uh, we I don't even know if this is going to be funny or not, but but it was the conversation took took part in French and so to me it was hilarious. But um, so we sit down and then he starts munching on a burger and stuff and then I'm like. I'm kind of picking at the poutine, and I look over at him, and I said, You're, aren't you going to try this at all? And he's like, oh, I never eat that. It tastes like shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> but he wanted me to experience Quebecois culture, you know? So. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so. Yeah. Kind of in the same vein, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll get something, and, you know, my, my wife or something will, will say, like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what that – it's going to taste like, can you get that so that I, I can maybe try it? And it's like, well, then I got to eat the whole fucking thing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's probably female vanity there too, right? She doesn't want to order two things yeah, or whatever. Well, like, well, I'm the, I, I'm just, I've got like this iron gut, you know, or whatever. I, I never get sick. Or, <laughs> you know, no food poisoning or, you know, like, you know, my, my brother, my brother, uh, my brother shot a, 
my brother shot a bear last year or whatever. And he gave us some bear sausage or whatever. And, and uh, you know, my family's just my family's just looking at it like like you know skeptical on eating the bear, you know. And and, and you know, pretty much ends up being you know me eating eating the whole thing of sausage and them taking like one little nibble and saying like, oh yeah, I guess it's good, you know. And it's like, well, what do you think it was going to be like poison, you know, or what, you know. I know somebody's going to get into trichnosis or whatever on the board, but after this, <laughs> yeah, I'm always the, I'm always the, the, the food, the food guinea pig, you know, like, Hey, if you get that poutine, you know, that's what my wife would do. If you go get poutine, you know, can I have a bite <laughs> and try it? It's like, why don't I just get two servings of it? And then, you know, you have a thing of poutine, like, well, what if I don't like it? It's like, oh. Okay, then I guess I'll eat the second helping of poutine, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But as soon as you yeah. said you had an iron gut, I immediately pictured, and, and again, this is me just have a, have a little sketch at Valley Fun or whatever, but that you were going to say something like that, you know, you found part of a caribou carcass on the road that had been hit or something, and that that looks edible, and you took it home and cooked it up, and you were fine or whatever. Uh-huh. But. Uh, you have no idea how funny that is that you say that. Cause oh, really? My, uh, oh, yeah, my, my, my fucking Grizzly Adams brother that, you know, shot the bear, he's got a fucking uh, roadkill app on his phone that, oh, that no. alerts him of fresh roadkill. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. I'm dead serious. I hear you, brother. I hear you. And, and yeah, he... he Last year, last year he he said, uh, "Hey, I got, I got some deer steaks from you know, you know, roadkill or whatever." <laughs> All right, dude, don't don't bring over a box of them because I'll be the only one that eats it. <laughs> but I ate it. <laughs> I like tried it up and I ate it. And you're still here. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not much, you know, I'm not much, uh, you know, more, you know, redneck white trash than him, but you know, <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's a sliver in, in my bloodstream. <laughs> yeah. And final comment before we conclude, uh, there's rumor on our board that a Jay Cohen to Auburn is the new AD is the new rumor. <laughs> I think Brian Arson's packing the shit tonight. So, do we do we have a score? Oh, Arkansas beat him by uh, a couple touchdowns, I believe. Well, I didn't know the uh, game was already over. Arkansas mm, forty-one, me. Arkansas forty-one, Auburn twenty-seven, and that was uh, at Jordan Hare Stadium too. So, uh, put a fork in him, I think. Put a fork I don't in care. him. He can take his buy. He can take. His little mistress he brought over from Boise State and head off to <laughs> some island, to, you know, like he can head off to Bermuda or something. You know, we could be in the throes of the Great Depression, and uh, that's still not going to stop an SEC team from pulling the plug on their failing coach. <laughs> that's so funny. It's, yeah, somebody was saying something about, like, oh, I bet no coach gets fired, you know, in the – in the pandemic here. And I just looked at him like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) An SEC team is, there's no way an SEC team is going to stop. And I, I can't even remember who, I think, 
I think it might have been uh, – I think it was Will Muschamp got – I think Muschamp might have been the one of the guys that got fired like two or three weeks into the pandemic here. It was like, yeah, they don't give two shits, man. <laughs> They're moving on. Yeah, or yeah, it might have been a little deeper than that, but it might have been mid-October, but I, I know what you mean. And maybe you're right. I might be wrong, but – well, Absolutely it was did. it was uh, it was two or three games in because they everybody started late. Um, I want to say it was, you know, it was like first or second week mm. of October, but, mm -hmm. but it okay. was uh, nobody played like the first week or the first two weeks or something, you know. And then, uh, and then to to think that. It didn't have to be that way, and uh, uh, we won't go down that path. But right. what a what a mess, geez. So, yep, Auburn yep. three and five and one and four in the conference, and uh, they're not going to accept that from anybody. Oh no, he's. I think I think he's fucking. I think he's fucking done today. And, and not that Tomorrow, not that we were so appreciative or anything. Everybody on our boards thought Brian Harson to Auburn. What are they doing? I don't think anybody supported that on our boards. No, no. Um, let's see. They they thought they were getting another Peterson, probably. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, they fired Muschamp on November fifteenth. So mm, okay, two and after a two and five start. So uh, okay. Yeah, I was wrong. Thought it was earlier, but no. Your well, point's still taken, though. It was the pandemic right. year. We don't give a fuck. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. It's the skids. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I will throw in one more comment before we call it a night. Sark is going to get eaten alive in the SEC, don't you think? Oh God, it's it's going to be it's going to be bad. He might be one of those guys that's just you know a great offensive coordinator, you know and. There's no, there's no shame in great? that. I mean, what? Was he a great one? Well, I mean, I mean, he was. He was. Uh, he was, he was good. good at Bama. But... He was pretty good at USC or whatever free pub. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he's a good offensive coordinator. You know, he's just a shitty head coach. I think you're at either USC or Alabama, though, and you're blessed to have the best skilled players in college football at your disposal that right. you're going to have some success. Um, yeah, but you don't have to. True. You don't have to do any of the managerial things that a head coach has to do or whatever. So, um, yeah, that's true. Uh, to that level, so. Um, you know, he he should be like a promoter or an agent or something. I mean, he's, I mean, he obviously is doing well for himself financially as is. But I mean, I I he's 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 a force of not a force of nature. What am I trying to say? He's kind of the eighth wonder of the world in the sense of failing upward. It's just incredible. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, yeah, yeah, he's you know, there's some guys, there's some coaches that that just seemed to like just time it right, time everything right, you know. Um, and then some coaches that don't have good timing and I don't know, I think uh, 
I think he's got some, he's got like, well, he's got a little bit of both, I guess, but, you know, he's got, you know, good timing. He's, he's, uh, he's got connections. You know, somehow, he knows how to network brilliantly. Yeah. The, the media puff pieces, he's, he's five and three and he's, he's a nominated for like a, a finalist for the coach of the year. <laughs> I I mean, look, that's the, amazing. Uh, the the sports media to me has gotten just as insufferable as uh, the cable news media journalists to me. All of them, everybody. That's everybody. Mellow dog, everybody. Okay. Uh, <laughs> downvote. But oh, you're yeah, gonna, this thread's going to be downvoted down, now. Good job, everybody. Everybody. It's all insufferable. It's like it's like Agreed. fake, you know, these fake ball washing stuff. Like, who is the guy that? Uh, I mean, JTT had a had a had an incredible game, you know, for Ohio State. But who is the guy that? Um, some guy just somebody posted a Twitter, you know, thing of, you know, on the JTT thread on the recruiting board, you know. Whoever it was on Twitter said, like, oh, that's the most incredible performance I've ever seen, you know. And it's like, how many times have you, how many times have you said that in your career? Like, really? <laughs> I mean, you just throw that out there all the time. You know, just come on, man. You know, the, there's just like these, these narratives uh, that, these narratives that come out like, oh, you know, Oregon would, Oregon would uh, play, you know, they'd play, if they played Georgia again, they'd, they'd be a much better team, you know, and they'd play them tough. And it's like, so you're saying Georgia would is plateaued and they, they wouldn't get better over the course of the year. Like there's never, it's, it's just like these, these big, like these big platitudes, people just, mm-hmm. just say things, these say things that make no sense. You know, they don't really make any sense. They're never really, like, thought out, you know, and I don't know. It's You know, I, I always, I always like, I don't know if I referenced it before, but I got in a big fight with Bruce Feldman on Twitter, like, 10 years ago or <laughs> maybe not that long ago, but I got in a big fight with him because he, he said, uh, he said, oh, there's no, there's no correlation to, uh, you know, running a hurry-up offense and having more, more head injuries or whatever. And I said, uh, and I, and I asked him for any, any sort of like link or, you know, any sort of, you know, data, data based yeah. on it. And he didn't, he didn't, uh, he didn't send me anything. He just sent, he sent like some, uh, you know, it was noted by some, I don't know, some fucking, I don't know, data statistician or something, you know, doctor, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't know. And I said, I said, uh, wh- well, isn't the more plays would mean more head collisions, right? The question mark. And he said, and he said, I'm not getting in, into these arguments with, with you or whatever. And I said, well, your argument's terrible. <laughs> you, you, just made, you just basically made something up. You have no, you have no link to any data over it. And, and I'm, and it's like you're all you're doing is uh, you're peddling, uh, you're just ball washing and peddling, uh, you know, good good info for these coaches that run, you know, run these hurry up offenses, and then you're writing an article the next day on, you know, 
head injuries in football. And it's like you're, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth with this. And that you can't tell me that more plays wouldn't equal more head, more, more collisions. Would they not? So it's like, I, I, that was just like common sense to me, you know? Yeah, I will say he wrote around 10, 12 years ago, maybe a little longer than, yeah, yeah, probably 12 years ago, he wrote a really interesting book about recruiting, if I remember right, and he profiled Ed Orgeron. Oh, yeah, Willie Gould's uh, dad references that book all the time. Meat market? It was really enjoyable. Yeah, I did. Uh, the the only thing I remember it off the top of my head was that um, Feldman was standing in the hallway and he saw Orgeron like come out of a door and walk towards him, and he just like compared him physically to like a, a refrigerator with a with a with a gravelly voice, and he compared it to something else. I don't remember what it was. It was such a perfect description of the guy. <laughs> um, it was perfect. So we go, we um, go guys. We go <laughs> But uh, well, I, I got to get going, and um, uh, so we'll, we'll call it a night. And uh, good talking with you. And so the Huskies, what do we got next week? We got Friday night at uh, Oregon State at home, and uh, so we'll we'll see what happens there. So, so all right, man. Yep. Go dogs. Go dogs. Talk to you soon. Gonna win. All right. Yeah, bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes, especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun at over at hardcorehusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snow's Record Shop, and our notorious Tug Tavern, which is, which is a shit show of politics and strange nudes. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level, level of cyber peyote. peyote, come join Swain's Wigwam. <laughs> I'm going to have to read this over. Swain's Wigwam, yeah. Swain's Wigwam at Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information, all for the low, low fee of $129 a year. Come join the fun. <laughs> I have to redo that one, but...